Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. listeners welcome to another episode of thinking outside the boombox your number one source for hip-hop and r&b news my name is ahmad and i'm your host it is saturday april 4th and the tournament rolls on um in this week's episode of thinking outside the boombox we have eight albums remaining in the best hip-hop albums of the past decade um, and in this episode, I have a special guest joining me in the studio via the internet, thanks to coronavirus. Um, I have my friend Brian, host of co-host of What's in the Box Office, as well as a member of the Thinking Outside the Boombox Academy. Say what up, Brian. Hey, how's it going? Sponsored by coronavirus. This is great. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Those lovely ad dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so welcome, welcome to the show. Uh, not your first time on the show. I believe you, last time you were here, we did, was, was the last episode you were on, was the award one? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, so let me pull the bracket up here so they can see where we eight albums remaining. We started... Um, well, I started with 50, uh, narrowed that down to 36 that actually made the tournament. And now we're down to a final eight. Um, in the fan love conference over here on the right. So this is the conference that was kind of, uh, ranked by Metacritic score, Metacritic fan score. Um, we have the four seed bandana. Versus the two seed, uh, we got it from here. Thank you for your service uh, by a tribe called Quest, and that's Bandana by Freddie Gibbs and Madlib. We have the eight seed KOD by J Cole, 
facing off against the six-seed oxymoron by Schoolboy Q. Um, in the Critics' Choice Conference, um, this is the one that is full of the Grammy winners and nominees and ranked by Metacritic Critic score. We've got the one seed to Pimp a Butterfly versus the three seed, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. And we've got the one seed, Good Kid, Mad City versus the six seed, Astroworld by Travis Scott. Um, some heavy hidden matchups here this week. Yeah. <laughs> if you if you had to, to preview what two albums you think make it out of each conference, what uh, what do you think? Well, that might be tipping my, my <laughs> hand, but... Uh, I think KOD has a really good shot. I think, oh man, I think Bandana might edge out Tribe, and I think Kendrick is winning one of them. I won't say which. <laughs> That's very true. That's very, I, I think I agree. Yeah. I think I agree with all of that. All right. right so, so so we're done then. We selected yeah, that, that them. It, and so awesome. Thank you so much for listening. Oh. Again, thank you to Corona. Um <laughs> Shortest episode in coronavirus history. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So what we're going to do, we'll probably start. uh, Actually, hold on. Let me make sure this audio is is happening correctly. So we're going to start with the bottom, bottom right corner. So the speaker box, the Love Below Division, and the Fan Love Conference um, and we're going to go from there up and then back down on the left. And then we're going to hit the, the big, big matchup for last. Cause we, we all know, we all know that's the real final in this, yep. in this turn. Yeah. Um, so we've got the eight seed KOD by J Cole, his fifth studio album released in April of 2018 versus the six seed oxymoron. Uh, released by Schoolboy Q on February 2014, his third studio album. So five categories uh, will decide the winner of each matchup. Whoever can get to three wins out of those five categories moves on. We have the success category that's based on units sold. Achievements, um, which is a combination of things, but basically which album has achieved the most things that could be Grammy nominations, wins, uh, how long they were on the billboard, where they charted on the billboard, any records they've broken. Um, cohesion, uh, which talks about, you know, whether the album, you know, had a consistent theme throughout. It was as good in the beginning as it was in the end, any skippable songs, if they attempted a concept, if they carried that out, um, in a, nice way uh legacy how does the album hold up will we care about it in the next five years um as far as music culture and hip-hop as a whole which one was more important um and then standout tracks we will each pick what we thought were the standout tracks on each album the ones we have in common after a discussion of the songs where we differ we'll go head to head and the best batch of songs uh wins that category and just in case, um, we have a tiebreaker, uh, which is the best song from each album going head to head. So, uh, KOD versus Oxymoron. Uh, success. KOD sold at least 1.131 million units, while Oxymoron has sold at least 1 million units. So, KOD 
just edges by by that point one three one million um, over oxymoron. Um, achievements. So I broke this up into Grammys, Billboard, and records. Um, and based on that, you know, we can discuss which one uh, deserves uh, this category. So Grammys, Oxymoron has one Grammy nomination and one song nomination, but no wins. KOD has no Grammy nominations at all. So a slight lead for Oxymoron in the Grammys conversation. Uh, Billboard, KOD debuted at number one and spent 72 weeks on the chart. Oxymoron debuted at number one and spent 51 weeks on the chart. Um, so I have KOD winning the Billboard category, so it's tied overall in the achievements category. And so it comes down to records. Uh, no records for Oxymoron, but upon release, KOD broke Apple Music and Spotify's 24-hour streaming record, tied the Beatles with six songs in the top 20 of the Hot 100, and J. Cole became the first artist to debut three new songs in the top 10 of the Hot 100. Um, all from KOD. So with that, I have KOD taking a 2-0 lead uh, with the achievements category. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I feel like any time you're mentioned in the same sentence as the Beatles regarding a record, I, I yeah, I, I think we can give you achievements. <laughs> it's also <laughs> J. Cole, like Spotify loves J. Cole. Oh, yeah. I feel like oh, every yeah. time he drops something, it's always like, well, another record was broken. <laughs> By J. Cole. Him and him and Drake are really just the kings of Spotify. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, okay, so a, a 2-0 lead for KOD. Um, gotta say it's not looking good for Oxymoron, but we'll uh we'll continue onward. Oh boy. Uh Cohesion. Um what what do you think uh for these two albums? Which which one do you think was more cohesive? Um I'm <laughs> I feel like it's KOD. I think that it's 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 more controlled of an album than mm-hmm. Oxymoron. I think that um, it just feels so tight uh, construction-wise, and um, it just moves so so quickly and smoothly from start to finish. Uh, I do think that Oxymoron is just is pure adrenaline um, in a way. But I feel like through just as far as messaging goes and just having just such a grasp on your concept um, and what you want to say, I think it's, it's KOD for me. I agree with you. Um, while, while Oxymoron, uh, I think Schoolboy does a great job of kind of um, taking the, like his personality and really displaying that in this project and kind of making a, an audio movie with this mm-hmm. album, like from start to finish, like it, it just kind of like, it's like when you press play on the album, your eyes go into like that widescreen, like when a movie <laughs> goes from, from big to widescreen. Yeah, when and they open just, the curtains, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. it just locks in like for a full however long the album is but yeah like you said i think the intricate concept that j cole um executed on kod and executed very well um i think definitely makes it a more cohesive project from start to finish there are amazing songs all the way throughout yeah i don't skip any songs on kod when i listen to it me neither um so yeah i i agree with you and i think that uh, effectively ends Oxymoron's um, run in the tournament. It was doing very well, but that's three wins for KOD, so it does move on. Um, 
would you have given any of the remaining two categories, legacy and standout track? Um, to Oxymoron? No. But yeah. that's not to say that I don't like Oxymoron. I have nine songs written down for my standout, so I'm not. It's a great album, but no, I feel like KOD might be uh, J. Cole's uh, crowning uh, achievement, like a peak of what he can do. Maybe not his best project, but I think the peak of what he can do mm-hmm. as, as an artist. It could be a, a tipping point for him. Yeah, I agree. Um, I do love Oxymoron. Um, It's my favorite schoolboy project. I can't wait for him to do something else that's kind of like similar to it in that in that vein. Um, But legacy wise, even though this is schoolboy's magnum opus, it's it's not enough to get past um, what what J. Cole did with K.O.D., the messaging and then even the gauntlet that he laid down to the, the young rappers um so good yeah so um okay so uh the eight seed kod has made it to the final four wow um that's i I guess i i'm not really you know this division the speaker box love below division it had some stacked albums that just didn't manage to make it out in the first round um specifically looking at run the jewels 2 and room 25 by no name but you know that's that's how the cookie crumbles i guess <laughs> i know you want both of those albums in there <laughs> No, no, but uh, KOD is a great representation of the of, of of the division for sure. Yeah. Um. All right. So let's move up to the college dropout division. Um. Here we have the four seed Bandana by Freddie Gibbs and Madlib. Uh, this album was released last year in 2019. Uh, in June. This is their second studio album together. Um, and, and they are facing off against the two seed. We got it from here. Thank you for your service, which is uh, the album that was released by a tribe called Quest in November of 2016. Their sixth and final album. Um, success. Um, as you know, the it is very hard to find sales numbers on the the internet for albums so the most that i could find about bandana was that it sold 16,604 in the first week um and because it hasn't been certified by riaa with a gold record i know that it is less than 500,000 mm-hmm. and we got it from here has sold at least 500,000 because that album went gold so we got it from here it takes a 1-0 lead um achievements um it was it was kind of scarce for for both of these albums no grammy nominations or wins for either album um on the the billboard chart we got it from here debuted at number one spent 15 weeks bandana debuted at 21 and spent three weeks so i've got a, a a small lead for tribes album and then records no records for Bandana, but we got it from here. Um, set a record for the longest time um, between number one albums on the chart for a hip-hop act. And that was 20 years, because 20 years prior, in 1996, they got a number one album. Uh, I can't even remember which one it is, um, but I feel like I would be remiss not saying the name of it now that I mentioned it, so let me look it up real quick. Yeah, I'm checking <laughs> too. 
Was it uh, Beats, Rhymes, and Life? Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. That sounds right. That was that was their one in '96. So. Okay, yeah. So um, I'm guessing that was their last number one album, which is kind of surprising. Yeah, they had one after that, The Love Movement. That went to number one. No, no, uh, no, it debuted at number three. Oh, oh, oh! You're saying they had one album? Left. Yeah, they had one okay. after. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that that, that actually that actually makes that makes sense. Yeah. I think if I remember correctly, the Love Movement was an album that they made when Fife wasn't very inspired by being a part of a tribe called Quest, and I think that was one that was like more Q-Tip's vision, and you know, kind of signaled the downfall of the group as a whole. So um, we have a 2-0 lead for "We Got It From Here." Um, unless you think Bandana um, uh, made a go of it for achievements. I don't see any reason why it would. <laughs> <laughs> it was on a lot of uh, music critics' lists, mm-hmm. but so was We Got It From Here. So yeah. I think, I think it's, we're sticking with Tribe. Okay. Um, so let's jump to Cohesion. Um, I thought that this category goes to Bandana. Um we talked a lot in past weeks about this album and how the combination of Mad Lib's production and Freddie Gibbs rapping is so complimentary. And the pace that they set at the start of this album stays very consistent throughout, um, very strong rapping throughout the entire album. And while a Tribe Called Quest album um, had some sort of cohesion, I don't think it was as focused and sharp as Bandana was. Um, and I, I don't think that A Tribe Called Quest was even super focused on making a cohesive album. I think this was more like, this is this is our our runway show. This is the end of our rope. Let's put out this album and show it that we still got it. But I don't, I don't think cohesion was something that they cared too much about. Uh, that's a really good point. I think I agree that Bandana is just, it's the same through line throughout the whole album. Mm-hmm. But I do want to give points to we got it from here. Thank you for your service for um, blending what they have, what they did now, and then their pre-recordings of Fife, mm, and kind yeah. of blending that in to make a song that didn't feel like we were using old clips. Yeah, it didn't feel like we were using something from the past, and also just the. Um, I think this would go into cohesion, might go into legacy. I don't know, but just this coming out, uh, what like a week after the election. And just oh, yeah, like a few days. Being so cathartic to me when I bought that. I went to Best Buy yep. the day it opened and bought it and put it in my car. And like We the People was such like a uh, – it wasn't soothing or calming, but it was just a way to like direct the frustration and just like, oh, you felt every second of that song after mm-hmm. the election. So I do, I do want to give them that for cohesion. <laughs> it might okay. be a legacy thing. I don't know. But yeah, I, I do think Bandana takes cohesion. Okay. Um, that's actually, that's actually a very good segue into Legacy. Um, so Bandana, um, is trailing the series two to one right now. Um, Legacy, I have, I have been very surprised, I think, at, uh, this Tribe album's run in this tournament. Um, and I think the category that has made it possible for them to, you know, make it here is legacy right um 
So let's see, I wrote down some facts. So just some things that I think got it here. So this was the first Tribe album in 18 years. Um, the last time that Five Dog would be recorded before he died. Um, they were proving that they've still got it, that their social commentary was still relevant. And like you mentioned, uh, Trump got elected. And then three days later, um, on that Friday, they released their album. And, and yeah, We the People, just like everything that they they did with that song was just like so well needed. And I even remember it was either Saturday Night Live or no, I think they did more than one song. So I'm going to guess it was Saturday Night Live and not like Jimmy Fallon. But I think they performed We the People and they performed some other song and they had Busta there. And like um, it was like a very like socially conscious performance. And I remember that. And so they were really tuned in with what you know everybody needed to hear at those mm-hmm. times. Um, and, you know, this was their their final album. You know, they they got back together. Um, after I think the Paris attacks that happened um, kind of caused them to like realize like life is short. Let's put this you know petty beef aside and make one last album. Um, and so the legacy of this album for a group that is Hall of Fame in hip hop um, is really hard to beat. And so for me, I gave legacy once again to to Tribe here. But I am I am definitely open to to hearing um, why Bandana should win Legacy. Well, oh, I I don't even know if I can uh, do that. But what it is interesting because it, it's one of on one side you have a curtain call, mm-hmm. and on the other side you have almost like a coming out party, right? Yeah. It's like it's like uh, Bandana is their introduction to the mainstream. So it is it's the dichotomy of, of legacy. It's one where it's like the one that everyone will remember is them be coming to the forefront and one where they're ending. Um so that's especially considering that like we don't know the legacy that'll be written by Bandana, but we will know for sure already the legacy that'll be written by um we got it from here. So I I don't know, I guess Bandana is one of those things where if they which who knows how the what, what they're gonna choose to do next, they could just go mm-hmm. back to 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 doing mostly underground stuff and maybe really not use the opportunity. Um and so this could be like their big shining moment, right, of releasing an album that everybody hears. Or it could be the launching pad that launched them to a huge career. I think that in five years or ten years you know, right now it feels like it's tribe because it's just it's a period at the end of one of the greatest sentences ever written in music, mm-hmm. right? Um, so as far as bandana goes, I I don't know. It's just it's it's such it's such a good album. It is. It really is. <laughs> it, answer, it, yeah, go ahead. To answer um, one of your points, so this is a trilogy according to them. So Pinata, right. then Bandana, and then I think the next one is going to be called Montana or something like that. I'm, I might be, I might have, got, have gotten that name wrong. So, yeah. um, what type of album Montana will be? Will they continue what they did on Bandana and make an album that's like heavy hitting like this with, with a little bit even more leaning to the mainstream to keep catapulting himself? Or right. will they stay stagnant, which... Even if it's to be, but yeah, who's to say like where where they're to go from here? But 
I, I'm with you. I think I think the fact that you know we got it from here was such a great album, yeah. and was such a great album like so many years after their last great album, and that they showed that they are still Tribe Called Quest, one of the best hip hop acts in the game. Uh, yeah, that legacy it, it's there for me. And I also think that what gives it to – and although I, I will say that as a movie guy, most people make arguments that a lot of the greatest film trilogies, that a lot of people think that number two is the best one, right? Empire Strikes Back, Godfather Part Two, The Dark Knight. Yeah. Um, people like The Two Towers more than the other Lord of the Rings movies, Spider-Man 2. So – uh, there is that. So again, we don't know what the other, the next album will bring. And I also think that what seals it for we got it from here is is the fact that it's it feels like a direct response to the election, and this yep. like this big piece of art that came out right afterward as a direct response to it. Like the first, really the first thing that we had that seemed to just be talking directly to us about what just happened. So, yeah, I think I think Tribe gets it. Okay, so um, Tribe moves on with a three-one uh, series win. Um, just curious, so like, what were what were your like most your standout tracks from each album? We can just okay, know, like match them uh, up. And just well, I did take the time to write them all down, so thank you. Um, uh, all right, so bandana, bandana, uh, half half man, half cocaine, crime pays. Massage Seats, Palm Olive, Flat Tummy Tea, Giannis, Get Damn, and Education. Okay, okay. We yeah. had we had a lot of the same ones. Um, so I had Crime Pays, Palm Olive, Giannis, Education, Flat Tummy Tea. So I think those were the five that we had in common. Mm-hmm. Um, I added Practice, Freestyle Shit, and Situations. Okay. Um, and yeah. then for Bandana, I had – oh, I just did that. Okay. Uh, thank you for your service. Okay, uh, the space program, uh, We the People, Whatever Will Be, Solid Wall of Sound, Kids, Melatonin, Mobius, uh, Black Spasmodic, Lost Somebody, and Ego. Okay, okay. With a 10. Um, I had eight. I think we had – Five in common, space program, we the people, Mobius Kids, Solid Wall of Sound. I added Dish Generation, Moving Backwards, and Conrad Tokyo. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, some man, I, one thing's for certain, um, this tournament is really gonna make me go back to this tribe album a lot more. Cause I hadn't before researching this tournament, I hadn't actually listened to it. Um, in a long time, maybe maybe a year after it had come out was the last time I had listened to it. Um, it had kind of fallen out of my rotation, but then I, you know, was doing the research for this, and I was like, whoa! I was like, where did this album go? Yeah, I mean, either, and I think, and I again, I bought it. I have it physically. I I think it's because it reminds me a lot of just feeling how I yeah. felt. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to feel that way. Anymore. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So the Fan Love Conference uh, Final Four matchup, or half of the Final Four matchup, is set. We have the two seed, We Got It From Here, Thank You For Your Service, facing off against the eight seed, KOD by J. Cole. Awesome. So um, now I have a question for you. You obviously, when you made the this bracket, had predictions about what you think would go far or did test ones. Who... Did did you expect either of these albums to get this far? And what 
didn't do as well? Like, what what was surprised? Were these the albums that you were like, yeah, these 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 have a good chance of coming out? Um, no, definitely not. I certainly didn't see Tribe's album getting here. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought out of the you know the sixteen albums that were in this conference, the few that had the best chance of winning it were Eve by Rhapsody. Okay. Um, Bandana. I I actually did think Bandana could get here. Um, KOD. Yes, I I did think KOD had the had what it takes. Um, I, I honestly I think that's it because yeah. when you take into context the the success parts of of the matchups, it gets really tough for a lot of these albums to yeah. like, get out of the hole. And that's what happened to a lot of them is, you know, they just so happened to not have been as successful, um, went down 2-0, and then, then you kind of got a sweep to come to dig out of that hole. And, it's you tough. know, not albums can be perfect enough to take those last three categories. And that's how the, that's how the game's played. I, 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 I didn't have KOD beating its first matchup. Oh, against uh, oh, and, against Care for Me, right? Yeah, and and I mean, this was just my personal <laughs> bracket, which I can send you now that we're recording this. Um, but yeah, my my coming out of uh, of the conference was uh, Run the Jewels two and Eve, and Eve was oh. facing Bandana, so okay. Bandana did make it, but yeah. So the but those are such strong representations, though. Uh, the Last Tribe album and uh, Jay Cole's like. <laughs> Magnus Opus, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so let's move over to the Critics' Choice Conference. Um, let's start at the bottom left in the Blueprint Division. Uh, this division was made up mostly of Grammy nominees for Best Rap Album, um, denoted by the Blueprint. Um, because Jay-Z is the most nominated for this album with only one win. I think he was nominated 11 times for Best Rap Album, um, one win. So, you know, what better to denote this nominee's category by by his album? Um, So we have the one seed, Good Kid, Mad City. Um, To get here, it beat... 2014 Forest Hills Drive by J. Cole, and it beats Daytona by Pusha T. Um, it is facing off against the sixth seed Astroworld by Travis Scott. It beats um, Layla's Wisdom by Rhapsody and Undone by yeah. The Roots to get here. <laughs> um, where are my notes? Here we go. Okay. Uh, Good Kid, Mad City. Kendrick's technically second studio album released in October of 2012, facing off against Astroworld, uh, Travis Scott's third studio album released in August 2018. Um, Success. Good Kid, Mad City sold at least 3 million units. Astroworld also sold at least 3 million units. It's a tie. <laughs> so neither album walks away with a the win there. It is 0-0 zero oh. to, zero to 1. Um, off to a great start. <laughs> um, achievements. Uh, Grammys. 
Good Kid, Mad City has two Grammy album nominations, one of them being Album of the Year, no wins, um, and two Grammy song nominations, no wins. Um, he also got a Best New Artist nomination, which I included, but not sure if that counts because... I count it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, he Technically, he got it because of this album that he released. So yeah, so that counts as well. Yeah. Um, World has one Grammy album nomination and two Grammy song nominations, but no wins. So I consider this a lead for Good Kid, Mad City yeah. because even though neither of them walked away with wins... Um, uh, Good Kid, Mad City had more nominations in Astroworld. So, um, Billboard, Astroworld debuted at number one, spent 84 weeks on the chart, and is still there. Good Kid, Mad City debuted at number two and spent 384 weeks on the chart. Holy shit! And is still there. So it's this, still there. Still there. Um. So this was a tough one for me because Astroworld debuted higher. It right. got the number one. Uh, Good Kid, Mad City got number two. I'm pretty sure Taylor Swift's Red album um, got the one slot and knocked down sure. Kendrick. Sure. Um, but Good Kid, Mad City spent 300 more weeks on the chart, which could be explained by the fact that it was released six, six years earlier. Like, if either of these albums were no longer on the chart, it might make it a little bit more definitive. But because they're both still there, um, the 300-week lead that Good Kid, Mad City has, I think is because it came out six years earlier and it had the opportunity to do that. So, but, you know, go ahead. But then I have a question. So do you think that Astroworld is going to be on the chart in 2026, which would be eight years after that came out? Uh, no, <laughs> no, there's, there's, I don't think there's a chance. Um, okay. Sorry. Are you saying that because, so I, yeah, I, so I don't know. You, you, you finish your point and then I'll see. Um, so I was open yeah. to just calling it a, a draw because of that fact, but, um, you know, I guess I guess it, it is something incredible that the album <laughs> was on the charts for six eight? years straight in the first place. That's <laughs> well, I mean, it's or eight, eight years. It's straight. eight years. Actually. That's crazy. Yeah. Huh. yeah, I'm I'm open to giving this to Good Kid, actually. I mean, I I think Good Kid is. I just think that if if we were to jump into a a time capsule and going to the future. I don't think Astroworld's still charting, and I think Good Kid. I mean, I don't know how far it is on the chart, but I feel like it's one of those things where every time a Kendrick album drops, I think his other albums get helped a little bit. But um, I don't know. I mean, that, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave that up to you. Um, I'm fine with it being a tie. Uh, you know. Looking at the records thing, I I don't think it'll matter. Um, so sure, let's let's give it a tie. Yeah, let's make it. Um, and then we go to records. Astroworld has no records. Oh, but Good Kid, Mad City earned the highest first week hip hop album sales of 2012 um, from a male artist and the best selling debut from a male artist in the year. So that combined with the Grammy lead it had, I think, gives it the achievement win. Yeah, I think so. There you go. Okay. 
So the series record is one to zero to one in favor of Good Kid, Mad City. Um, cohesion. What, what, what do you think here? What, what's walking away with the, the cohesive category? I think it's without a doubt Good Kid. I think that the, the trip that Kendrick takes you on is just like almost like a lifetime in uh, Compton. You know, it's not like a day in the life. I think it's an entire generation uh, in Compton is so strong and it's such such puts you right in the, the passenger seat next to him as he's driving around telling you about his city and the, the, the troubles and the strife they have, I think. You know, I, I do think that um, World is a really great example of, um, of like, building almost like building a play for you like like i think this was the opening song which mm-hmm. starts off like very kind of otherworldly it's almost like you're docking or you're you're entering an atmosphere and then in the uh. middle of that song you get into it's like you've entered his universe and so he gets into the rap so i th- i i think that in that regard it really is like you're, you're you are living in in his world but i re- there's 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 no better storyteller <laughs> In music than Kendrick, <laughs> absolutely. And, and I think that this album, I mean, the the song "Good Kid" alone, I think, is just some of the best writing. So I, I think that the, um, I, I think as far as cohesion, it's got to go to "Good Kid." I'm with you. I, I agree with every single one of those points. Um, so "Good Kid, Mad City" takes a two to zero to one lead over Astro World. Okay. Um, and now we we get into legacy. Um, I'll let you start us off. What, which legacy is going to is going to hold more weight? <laughs> well, considering he's still on the chart. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that kind of answers that for <laughs> I, I I think that it is Kendrick. I also think that this is seen widely as his debut, which um, fair or not, it really just feels like this was his introduction into music, like for for just a mass audience. Um, so. I think that I also personally think it's his best album. Um, oh. Yeah, I know. I'm one of those where I'm like, I like the original. <laughs> uh, I like the original the best. Um, so I, I, th- I feel like it is it is good kid. I think that it's it's like this. How old was he when this came out? I mean, it couldn't have been 30, right? No, yeah, it was probably in his late 20s. Maybe. I mean, this is something that like is just so beyond his years, this project he put together. And I think that it's already being studied as curriculum in school. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah, like this, yeah. it's a part of the culture in ways that music and just entertainment general. I mean, they're studying it. It's like, it's, it's, it, it, yeah, it's, it's good kid, Mad city. He's, he's 32 right now. This came out. Yeah. This came out eight, eight years, years ago. ago. He was 24. Oh Get my God. Fuck out of here. Um, you know what I was doing when I was 24? The same thing I am now. So. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I'm. I'm with you. I think. I think Astro World is a great album, and it. It is. It launched um, Travis Scott's career into yeah. the atmosphere. Um, his most acclaimed project. Um, his most important album. But Good Kid, Mad City was considered an instant classic. Um, it's the first of like a trilogy of really conceptual albums that Kendrick has successfully given us. Um, it the album by proxy is forever 
like associated with one of the most famous memes when Macklemore like Instagram that text he sent to Kendrick saying that he should have won um, the best rap album Grammy um, when I Kendrick that, didn't. Win. I I bet that meant a lot to Kendrick Lamar. I think oh, he really sure. was like, oh boy, this really makes me feel... Thank you so much, Macklemore. Yeah, I'm sure he, he printed out <laughs> a photo and framed it in, like, yeah. in Kendrick's house right now, next to his, his Grammys that he received years later. Uh, I'm sure he has that. that. I also... Wait, I, who, who tweeted that out? Was it Macklemore? Yeah, Macklemore tweeted it. Okay, so, yeah, that that's really... I mean, it's one thing if he does it, like, and then, like, Kendrick goes, you know, and then he texted me and says, sure. But, like, that... Macklemore was like, no, no, it's okay. I also think that. <laughs> That's just doing yeah. it for himself, man. Get out of here. Yep. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree. Um, Good Kid, Mad City's legacy uh, far outweighs Astroworlds. And so it officially gets the win uh, three to zero to one over Astroworld. Um, we could just throw out the, the standout songs, even though it doesn't matter. Just so. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, Astroworld, I had seven. Same. Um, Stargazing, Sicko Mode, Stop Trying to Be God, Wake Up, Five and a Half Tint, Houston Fornication, and Coffee Bean. Okay. We had four in common. Sicko Mode, Stop Trying to Be God, Coffee Bean, and Stargazing. I added... No Bystanders, Astro Thunder, and Can't Say. Okay. Um, just because Can't Say and No Bystanders were probably, besides Sicko Mode, the, the ones that give me the most hype. Um, Astro Thunder is just, I don't know, that song is, is weird to me because it's not a lot happens in Astro Thunder, but I still think it's just a really good song. Mm-hmm. It just, I don't know, it's, it's very mellow, but it's, I don't know, it, it does it for me. Um, what about the kid? What you? <laughs> well, what's funny is looking at it now. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh boy. All right. So after the first song, which I don't have on my list, I have ten, and it's just the next ten songs. Oh, after Shireen. It's literally the next ten. It's "Bitch Don't Kill My Vibe," "Backseat Freestyle," "The Art of Peer Pressure," "Money Trees," "Poetic Justice," "Good Kid," "Mad City," "Swimming Pools," "Sing About Me," "I'm Dying of Thirst," and "Real." <laughs> it's just the next. Ten so, songs, so I had eight. Uh-huh. Seven of my songs were on your list. Okay. Um, I also had "Bitch Don't Kill My Vibe," "Backseat Freestyle," "Money Trees," "Poetic Justice," "Mad City," "Swimming Pools," "Sing About Me," "I'm Dying of Thirst," um, and then I added the recipe okay. just for my eight. Do you, do you do you not have "Good Kid" on there? No, no, I oh, didn't. I, good, good kid blows me away. Oh, just the matching of the red and, and blue with the with the pills and with those copley. Oh man, it's so yeah. <laughs> so I also heard you dogging on swimming pools on the first round of this. Yeah, it was the single. Uh, that's what got me into Kendrick. I love swimming pools. <laughs> it's just like I, I. So I probably actually can't even listen to that song anymore. Oh, it was man. it was played out so much yeah. that. It just it has just become disconnected, like in, in my brain. I think it was you know I think it was what he had to do as yeah, conceptual right. and right. serious as this album was. This was the closest song that could somewhat play on the radio. Um, I think I think real actually would have been a good radio hit, but it was 
yeah. think it was technically on the bonus track, so it probably wasn't even. No, no, no. It, uh, no, it was the second to last on there. Oh, second to last. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, Swimming Pools was like the first time. This first, my first introduction to Kendrick was Swimming Pools through the radio. And it was such, I have such a vis- visceral memory of just going like, who the fuck is this? What is happening? <laughs> To my ears, what is this? Is unlike anything else in the world. What is going on? Yeah, that was back when he was like kind of rapping like an alien a lot too. <laughs> like, yeah, when he starts talking in, the, yeah, when he starts talking as as, as 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 the subconscious. Oh my god, it's also really yeah. fun to rap the way that he flows, especially in that subconscious one. Uh, it's a lot of fun. All right, but they're all class. Uh-huh. I can't believe looking at this. I just have ten in a row. The it's it's the whole album except for the last. <laughs> First, the fr- if you just bought the CD, it's the whole album, but the first and last song <laughs> that I have. Right. It's a great album. It's yeah. a great album. Um, okay, so Good Kid, Mad City moves on. Um, it's time to figure out if Kendrick will be facing himself in the final four or if he'll be facing Kanye. So let's move up to the Poverty's Paradise division. This uh category for the most part was full of Grammy winners of the best rap album Grammy category uh ranked by Metacritic critic score. Um and so we have the one seed to Pimp a Butterfly, Kendrick's third studio album came out in March of twenty fifteen to get here. It dethroned Watch the Throne by Kanye and Jay-Z. And it uh, beat Invasion of Privacy by Cardi B. Um, It will be going up against The Three Seed, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, Kanye's fifth studio album released in November of 2010. To get here, it took out Igor by Tyler the Creator, and it took out Damn by Kendrick. So will it take out back-to-back Kendrick albums, or will Kendrick take out Kanye once and for all to face himself in the final four? Let's do it. I'm so excited. <laughs> this is why I chose this round. <laughs> this is I foresaw this coming, and I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah, this is this is a juggernaut matchup right here. Um, like. When you just look at this tournament, these two albums stand out like so much more than than the rest of them, and so it's and they're, they're inc- so different from each other. Yeah, and so it's incredible that they they are facing off here. So let's let's get into it. Um, success: one million units for "To Pimp a Butterfly," "My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy," two million units. So "My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy" takes a one zero lead. Achievements. Let's start with Grammys. So Pimp a Butterfly has two Grammy album nominations, one of them being Album of the Year. One win. Six Grammy Song nominations, one of them being Song of the Year. Five wins. So total, uh, it also has a Best Music Video nomination, but I wasn't really sure how music videos should be considered in an album conversation, so... I just mentioned it, but I don't know if it really counts. Um, so total to Pimp a Butterfly has won six Grammys out of the eight it was nominated for. So My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy 
has one Grammy album nomination, one win, three Grammy song nominations, two wins. So total, three Grammys out of the four it was nominated for. So <laughs> the fractions are the same. Three wow. out of four for My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Six out of eight wow, they're for exactly the same. To Pimp a Butterfly. I gave it to Kendrick and to Pimp a Butterfly for this simply because um, it had more nominations um, and also those five out of six wins for songs is incredible. That's so fair. I, I gave it a slight lead with the Grammys. That's fair. Um, Billboard, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy uh, debuted at number one, spent 119 weeks on the charts. To Pimp a Butterfly debuted at number one and spent 125 weeks on the chart. So I gave that one to, to, to Pimp a Butterfly. And then records, weirdly enough, my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy didn't really break or set any major records. Um, while it did receive an incredible amount of recognition across the board from critics and fans alike, um, to Pimp a Butterfly did break Spotify's, uh, well, actually, it set Spotify's global first day streaming record with 9.6 million streams in the first day it was released. Um, and also, in the 26 years since there have been multiple rap categories, um, which started in 1991 at the 33rd Grammys, it was the first uh, award show where there was two rap categories. So in the 26 years since that has happened, Kendrick became the first to sweep all of the rap categories solely off music from his album. Um, so I gave To the Pimp a Butterfly that category as well, which would tie the series. What do you think? I think that the second point is fair. The, the Spotify stuff is hard for me when you're talking also about albums that came out before Spotify was a thing mm-hmm. because it doesn't have – you know, my beautiful Dark fantasy doesn't have a chance to match that. That's fair. But I do think that the the Grammy stat is is enough to put that over. So yeah, I agree. So okay. it's, it's one one right now. One one, <laughs> as it should be, I guess. <laughs> yeah, we're basically starting at zero. Let's now start. <laughs> right. Let's now start the competition. Okay. Cohesion. I'm not starting this. You start this one. I, I will start. I will start. Um, I think both of these albums are incredibly strong and consistent thematically, lyrically, production value. I think that there, these are both no skip albums. Like when I listen to them, I listen to them front to back without you know, skipping a song because it's not as good. I think there are strong standouts um, between each or like throughout for both albums. This is, this is very tough, but where I gave this category to, to Pimp a Butterfly strictly because of the, the conceptual thing that Kendrick did with the poem weave throughout the album and how he gave us little bits of the poem like like throughout the album until at the end he gave us the whole poem 
And if that wasn't impressive enough, the fact that he revealed that he was reading the poem to Tupac and then he he laced together these Tupac interviews to make it seem like he was having a conversation with Tupac, like that whole concept, I think, gives this album cohesion to me. And it says nothing about My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy and what Kanye did um, thematically for certain in this comeback album to make just an amazing project from start to finish. But I think that concept gives Kendrick the edge for me. I probably agree. Also a lot because I think that Good Kid, Mad City was about um, him kind of relating, um, him kind of speaking to Compton and neighborhoods like Compton, right? And just kind of uniting those experiences. And I think To Pimp a Butterfly is about him uniting the American experience. Mm-hmm. Is that like we started in his neighborhood and people can relate to certain aspects and then we've branched out to just the country in general. Um, and I think that the cohesion in regard to it speaking on societal themes and and that and weaving that into Tupac who spoke on that as well throughout his career was 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 really terrific. So I I agree. I do want to say as far as cohesion goes that my beautiful directions to fantasy is like being it, it it's 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 you know, a lot of the imagery with the album is high art, right? Mm-hmm paintings and, and statues and, and shit like that. And it really feels like you're having almost like a musical nightmare in a museum. It's like you're, you're trapped in a place that you don't want to leave from that, you know, it's a, I want to hear the, I want to like close down the art Institute in Chicago and just like blast the album, just walk around looking at things uh-huh. and listening to it. So I think that his strive to make it something that feels so dangerous, which is what art should feel like, in general, um, pays off in such a huge way. But I do think it, to pin butterfly, would should win cohesion. Yeah. Okay. Um, so two one series lead for to pimp a butterfly. Um, okay. Let's go into legacy. What What do you think? What Which is the, <laughs> <laughs> this is this is the toughest part. I think I think it's fantasy because something you said throughout the competition, right? Kanye is gone, right? <laughs> yes. I don't know another way to put it. He's never coming back. Uh, and it's really sad because he was my favorite artist. This is my this is still my favorite album of all time. And so it's really hard to come to terms with that. So if this is what we – and I love Yeezus and I still haven't listened to Life of Pablo. <laughs> I don't know why I'm waiting. <laughs> and it came out. I, it, was on, it was on a streaming service, right? Yeah, right. So I couldn't get it, so I waited, and then I'm like, I'll listen to it eventually. And then all the Kanye stuff, I'm like, I'm not listening to Kanye for a while. So then that just built. I haven't listened to it. I hear it's good, Um, but I really like Yeezus. um, But this, I mean, this is. I think it's it's my favorite album of of all time. So I think it's his best album. Although arguments could be made about his first three, Um, but uh, this is like. This is him working at his power, and this is him mm-hmm. kind of tapping into what he thinks of himself and able to project that out in a way that <laughs> lyrically makes sense. Um, so I, I think that if we, we are done with Kanye, and I think that this is such a watermark moment in hip-hop and in his career, and 
He's he literally he loves you know this kind of imagery. So he is like a fallen angel. But this was when he was right on top, and yeah. that's gonna be really hard to pimp butterfly to take down. And then to pimp a butterfly, people think that that's Kendrick's best album, right? Mm-hmm. I don't I don't agree, but it is his second best. Um, but it it also was this kind of statement for this movement and this moment in our history that we're still dealing with today and uh and so i think that it its theme and its songs will will work for so many years to come so i think butterfly is that going for it but as 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 a swan song um swan like uh the the like 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 the the ballet what's the ballet oh a swan Swan Yeah, yeah, something that's very, uh, you know, he likes ballets. He's got ballerinas and stuff. <laughs> uh, I, I do think it's fantasy. What do you think? So, I had to pimp a butterfly winning this, but you yeah. you swayed me over to my beautiful doctors at fantasy. Um, just in, in your conversation just now. So, the the point that swayed me is the point yes. that you said that I gave you was the fact that so you swayed is, yourself. This isn't a compliment <laughs> to me as I thought it was a minute ago. Well, well, you, it is. You made such a good point that actually I said to you, <laughs> but you brought it up, so yeah, yeah, so sure. it, you know it, it comes it, it comes back to you. <laughs> but um, yeah, the fact that this is this is the last great Kanye album. Yes. Um, and bec- no matter what Kanye has become now, uh, if we take this, if we take this album, we can even take Jesus and go backwards to the beginning of his career. Mm-hmm. Like Kanye West uh, would is will be remembered as like one of the greatest musicians of our time. Yeah. And so if this is the last great album from one of the greatest musicians of our time, how can how can anything beat that legacy? Like that that has to be remembered and upheld. And while and you know, so the points that I had for To Pimp a Butterfly mm. winning this category was because um you know, we mentioned what this album meant to to the culture, you know, all right became an anthem yeah. for a movement. You know, there were a lot of the you know police shootings um, happening against like innocent black people in the time that this album came out. And so, similarly to how we got it from here, seemed to be directly, you know, responding to the election of Trump and kind of helping people cope. Uh, to Pepper Butterfly seemed to be doing that as well. Um, you know, this was Kendrick, you know, kind of going macro rather than micro, like you mentioned with Good Kid, Mad City, and speaking to everyone, to the people, mm-hmm. and saying, look, we're going to be okay. Um, he provided a voice for a lot of people. Um, it was an empowering album. And so my original point was I thought that My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy's legacy was more important to music while To Pimp a Butterfly's legacy was more important to the culture. Um, but but I think that I definitely agree with your point, and I think I'm willing to give legacy to my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Okay, so what are we, tied again? Or tied again, 2-2. Two, two. <laughs> so it comes down to the best batch of standout tracks. So here's what happens. Yeah. Uh, we, we do the song and dance. We figure out what we have in common. If 
we both think that one of these albums has the better batch of songs, that album wins the matchup and moves on to face Good Kid, Mad City. If we disagree on which album has the better batch of songs, we go to a tiebreaker um, of the best song, and then that's it. That that matchup, head-to-head matchup, decides who goes on. So let's get into it. I'll, I'll start with my standouts. Um, what do you want first, to pimp a butterfly or yeah, 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 do to pimp a butterfly. I got that up first. Okay, so I had ten songs. Me too. Okay, so I had King Kunta, These Walls, You, All Right, How Much a Dollar Cost, Complexion, The Black or the Berry, I, Mortal Man, and Wesley's Theory. Okay. What oh, you, you went. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I had all over the place with the order there. <laughs> no, you went pretty much in order except for the last one. I had uh, Wesley's Theory, King Kunta, These Walls, All Right, How Much a Dollar Cost, Complexion, The Black of the Berry, You Ain't Gotta Lie, I, and Mortal Man. Okay, so... Uh, I'm going to start playing some of them in my headphones so that I can <laughs> accurately convince you of <laughs> So we we both had ten. Yeah. We had nine in common, actually. Oh, great. King Kunta, These Walls, All Right, How Much a Dollar Costs, Complexion, The Black or the Berry, I, Mortal Man, and Wesley's Theory. We had those nine in common. We each had one song that the other didn't. I had you, you had, you ain't gotta lie. Oh, you also had Mortal Man. Oh, I thought you said Mortal Man. No, I did but uh, did you also have Mortal Men? Yeah, I did. Okay, great. All right. Gotcha. Um, so, you know, I, you for me, that, that was a weird sentence. The song you, <laughs> for me personally. This fall um, on NBC, you for me. <laughs> um, it was like a, it was definitely a personal standout. It's a weird song. Yeah. Because, you know, Kendrick is doing he he has this weird thing that he's been doing since section 80 where he can rap as if he's crying at the same time right. and it is it is freaky but also very impressive mm-hmm. um and i think this song um you know kind of coupled with the, him like you know talking to himself screaming at himself yelling at himself the the delivery of this song coupled with how it fit in with the rest of the story just like it made it such a standout for me. And then juxtaposed with I, which is such a like happy, energetic, kind of dancey type of song. Um, like just the juxtaposition of those two songs just was like, Kendrick, you're a genius. Like this is just, this is great music. Um, and so I say all that to say, while I really do love you, I can see how compared to the other songs, it might not be a standout for some, so I'm willing to let it go. Okay. I do have to say that I – I'm listening to you right now uh, yeah. as we speak. I do have to say that uh, the single version of I – Yes. And I was devastated when that wasn't on the album. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, because I bought, I bought this album. I, I don't buy a lot of albums. I bought this album. Um, this was before I had like Spotify Premium. But the, the single version is like one of my favorite songs of all time. It's so good. Oh, yeah, because he, he interrupts – 
interrupts the album version with like him talking and all of that. Well, the he... whole the whole thing sounds outside and it's slightly different because it's 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 him performing it live. Yeah. Or it's meant to seem like that. And then yeah, in the middle yeah. he's like yelling at the crowd to stop fighting and to start you know uh-huh. dance and stuff. Yeah, it's it's, yeah. it's totally different. But um, okay, then what do, what do I have? Wesley's theory and no, you have that oh, too. You have, uh, oh, you got a lot. You ain't got a lot. I will I actually give. You that. Oh great! I just <laughs> I love, love that song. That hook is so good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I just put it on like that. That that funky bass line is so good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also love the uh, that that it is like his mom just kind of like hitting him over the head, being like, "Listen." Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 uh it's it's great. All right. So what do we have? Eleven uh, or ten? Oh no, we've uh ten. Eleven. Wait, one. Because we're getting rid of yours, four. but we're adding. But so we're keeping my ten. Oh no, so we just have ten. You're right. Yeah, ten. Because we okay. each had nine, and then we got rid of mine and added yours. So yeah, we're we're still at ten total. Okay, great. So my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. I had nine. Okay, I had ten. Okay. Um, uh, which I'm looking up the track list because I may have like all of them, um, except for like one. Go ahead. So I had. Gorgeous, Power, All of the Lights, Monster, So Appalled, Devil in a New Dress, Runaway, Blame Game, and then Lost in the World. Okay, we do have some slightly different ones. I have 10. I have Dark Fantasy, uh, Gorgeous, Power, All of the Lights, Monster, Devil in a New Dress, Runaway, Hell of a Life, Blame Game, and Lost in the Woods. Okay, so we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. We have eight. Devil in the New Devil in a New Dress, Runaway, Blame Game, Lost in the World, Gorgeous, Power, All the Lights, Monster. Those eight. Yeah. You added Dark Fantasy and Hell of a Life. Yes. I added So Appalled. Okay, and we there. Uh, you have Blame Game on the list, right? Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, I'm actually willing to give you Dark Fantasy right off the bat. Oh, um, such as, a good you, intro. as you know from these many episodes, I have a a weird thing with intros for some reason. Um, but this intro is was an incredible way to start this this album and and the story that he he weaves throughout the the project, so I, I can give you dark, dark fantasy. Every, every every time I listen to it, it's literally like a seatbelt is buckling itself around me. Like it's like it's not me doing it. The album is like I'm just gonna do this for you. Yes, yeah, you're yeah. gonna need it. Yeah. Um, I hell of a life wasn't really wasn't didn't really do it for me. Okay. Um, I think it is a good song. And I, I won't skip it like when right. it when the album is on, but it just it doesn't really it didn't really move me as much as the other songs on the album. Uh, and I mean that's fair. I'm like skipping through it now. I that's fair. I just I really like how gritty it is. It it, it feels mm-hmm. like he's he's angrily painting. Like he's like mm-hmm. it, this whole album is just akin to art to me. It's just connected to my brain. Right. But it really it's it's really feels like he's really taking his emotions out on the music and just uh-huh. 
Especially the ending, which has like that synth piano where he's just going crazy and then it stops and has the yeah. chorus. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's just a really interesting dichotomy. It's just a really interesting peek inside his own celebrity where to him this is normal from the outside. It could be construed as, as different, but to him there's something beautiful about like the mess and the misery of it. But I will, I will uh, leave it off the list. I'll, I'll give that to you. Okay. Um, and I'm actually willing to drop so appalled. Um, I really, I really don't like the the hook on it. <laughs> okay, who, yeah. Who does the hook? Who is that? Is that put? It's not. Um, the one who says ridiculous. It's not. Uh, it's. It's not pushes. Is it Swiss? It's Swiss, Swiss beats? beats. It's Swiss yeah, beats. I really could do without that, but. Yeah, I can really do without like Swiss Beats is an incredible producer, but yeah. vocally I can probably do without every single thing he's done on other people's songs. Yeah, I don't I don't Very like it. It takes me out of it. He almost says ridiculous, like incorrect it's just a weird pronunciation. <laughs> it really throws me off. It throws me off the game. But yeah. but uh, other than that, it is good. It's got it's got so many people on it. It does, yeah. Like, it was but, actually I, it was one of the songs that Kanye released, um, before the album dropped, when he was doing his Good Friday series, oh really? Uh, yeah, he he released that song before, so I was glad to see it made the album because I liked it then. I, I like it now. It's a really good beat. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, all right. So that goes. I'm fine. Okay. I feel fine about this. <laughs> so we've got ten songs from To Pimp a Butterfly versus eight songs from My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. The matchup is King Kunta. These walls, all right. How much a dollar costs? Complexion, the blacker the berry. You ain't gotta lie. I, mortal man, and Wesley's theory. Okay. Versus, dark fantasy, gorgeous, power, all of the lights, monster, devil in a new dress, runaway, blame game, lost in the world. Oh, so that's actually nine. That's nine versus. Oh, 10. Well, hang on. Oh, lo- lost in the. Lost in oh, lost in the wood. Oh, it is world. I keep thinking it's woods. You're right. Oh, and you know why? I think it's because um, it's because he says lost in the woods. I think in the song. Yeah, and that that song is it's kind of sampled from like a Boney Bear track, and I think yeah, his yeah. is called Lost in the Woods. Yeah, it is. It is. And Boney Bear's on the the yeah. It's my favorite album. I don't know the songs. Um, okay, great. So nine versus ten. Yeah. Uh, nine from Fantasy. Ten from Butterfly. Best batch of songs. <laughs> there was never a harder question in human history. <laughs> I mean, for me, it's it's uh, it's it's fantasy. But just looking at the pimp a butterfly, I mean, oh man, oh man, I just I feel like looking at that list from my beautiful darkness of fantasy, they're all just in my brain like they all will go down aside from maybe a few of them but they all have something unique to offer Mm -hmm. and they all have a case to be remembered in hip-hop i don't know what you speak on it for me what what do you think of these lists um so i wrote down just as a note Uh uh-huh I just wrote down, I couldn't possibly choose, LOL. <laughs> that is all I wrote. I mean, if we won, we can just call it a draw, but 
If if you want, I I think that the winner is fantasy. I can concede it being a draw because I, to be butterfly, those songs are so strong and so powerful that they could create a and they both both of these lists could create an entirely cohesive album by themselves. Yeah, very true. Which speaks true. to the power of the songwriting and the production, but um. I don't know. Do you want? Do you want it? Do, should we just go to a tiebreaker? Or you know do what? It's it's only right. It's only right. It's only yeah, It's only right that we keep it in time. Okay. I, I almost just gave it to to fantasy, and then I looked at like I just looked at the word mortal man, and I was just like, oh, the reveal. Let that. No, I can't do it. I can't do it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just I can't. I'm I'm. This is a tie for me. Okay. All right. Fine. That's fine. Okay. Let's go. So it is two to two to one. Yeah. <laughs> Tiebreaker wins all. Best song from To Pimp a Butterfly versus the best song from My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Yeah. I think I, that matchup is Runaway versus All Right. That's correct. We we beforehand we we were talking and and I said we said that might come to that. I said I think we have, <laughs> I think we have the same one for each, and we do. Yeah. Okay. Um, so here's here's what I chose. Okay. Actually, let me just let me just say some things before okay. I say what I chose. Um, Runaway is a masterpiece. It is a it is a work of art. Um, I think for me that song is forever like combined with the visuals in my head. There, there are like a number of visuals that flow through my head when I just think of the song Runaway. The first is Kanye in front of an MPC machine, like pressing the buttons, the keys that start the that start the song. What was that, the VMAs? Yeah, the VMAs. Oh, I think it was incredible. actually the VMAs the year after he had the Taylor Swift yeah, incident. It was, it was a one, I think it was a year. I think it was one year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. Incredible. Yeah invited him back. I think he was wearing an all red suit and I think Pusha T was wearing a salmon suit. Um, and it was very bright and there were ballerinas, like all of that. And also the short film he put out that was like 36 minutes long or something with the weird, like Phoenix type, Mm -hmm. that whole thing and him sitting down at a table eating dinner next to this Phoenix. (laughs) Like it was, it was crazy. But all of those things like enter my brain when I think of this song. Um, this song represented Kanye owning the VMA incident that he he had with Taylor Swift the year prior, and it is unequivocally his comeback song. Uh, I don't think this was the first single for the album. I feel like that was Power, but I feel like this was definitely the next single, right? I, I want to say that this was the first we had heard of any of them, but it does say Power was released July 1st. And Runaway was October fourth, okay. so I'll, I'll 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 try to see when if I can find when the VMA was. That makes sense to me because yeah, because on September twelfth he performed Runaway at the VMAs. Yeah, okay, because Power he released it was like a weird music video. It was like a painting that just like 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 it like uh, I don't even know how to explain it. It was like a moving painting mm. <laughs> that like. Mm-hmm zoomed out the entire video i haven't actually watched that in a while i'm probably gonna look at that but it was it was really good but so you know the whole chorus of this song and him like let's have a toast for the douchebags the assholes all of this you know it was his comeback song him acknowledging 
Like, I've been painted as this because of this incident. I'm going to own it. Um, possibly, probably, definitely the best song of 2010. <laughs> uh, um, I think its legacy alone is as big as the album. All Right by Kendrick from To Pimp a Butterfly, I think is possibly the best song of 2015. And I think its legacy alone is mentioned it a little bit earlier. All Right kind of became the song of a movement, the anthem of a movement. Mm. Um, it kind of compounded the feelings of many African-Americans into one song, um, offered a simple phrase to kind of, to try and soothe um, soothe us during these unjust and trying times. Um, Kendrick helping us cope. Um, and in a way that music has always been a way that black people have coped and survived through difficult times, I think that Kendrick did an incredible job of continuing that tradition with All Right. And so what it came down to for me, because mm -hmm. these are two incredible songs, it came down to the intention behind both songs and for me I thought that All Right was a lyrical and inspiring song for the people while Runaway uh, was a masterpiece that lyrically is kind of a song that's about Kanye and so and people like him and so at the end of the day, I gave the tiebreaker to All Right by To Pimp a Butterfly. I really should have gone first. Um, <laughs> I, all right, let me, I, you know, I don't know what else I can say about All Right that you haven't already said. It, it harkens back to songs from the 60s mm -hmm. and the 70s that did kind of act as a beacon for disenfranchised people to reach out to and to connect to and to be inspired by. And that's, that is one of the great powers and pleasures of music. Mm -hmm. um, and I, 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 I want to talk about Runaway because it is one of my favorite songs. And I, mm -hmm. I, it's so tough for me because I can't dispute the, uh, the power behind All Right, but I can speak to, Runaway's piano, which starts, mm -hmm. and it's so alone and by itself because uh -huh. that's that's how Kanye feels. And I also think that um, you know it comes in with "Look at You," which is just him holding a mirror to himself, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that him saying "Let's have a toast for the for the douchebags, let's toast for the assholes" is is a lot of it is him. You know, you you could easily read it as as him saying that to like um, to 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 sympathize with those that act like that. I think that in a way it can also be read as that's what the culture does, and him kind of saying, "I had so much media attention put on me for that because mm -hmm. as a culture we love to toast the assholes and the douchebags," mm -hmm. and him kind of critiquing that idea that like we 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 have to take these cliches of like look at what an idiot that guy is and turn it into a news story when in reality we're taking someone's psyche and doing that and uh, i think it's 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 a real 
um, introspective look at those who who read the gossip magazines and who follow that kind of stuff and and do raise a glass and um, and stuff like that. And then also it's just it's such an interest you know that look at look at you is just it, it is a song about him looking at himself and why he may have not only done the Taylor Swift thing, just everything that he's done in in his life up to that point that he feels bad about um and uh and 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 pusha coming in and just kind of acting as as other people or the people around him kind of encouraging him to be that way um and then at the end when he when it it the vocals get crumbly because he can't recognize himself or what he's saying anymore and it kind of acts as him when he's drunk or just in general how he can't hear himself or hear or recognize himself in his actions. Um, other than that, it's just such a good song in general. So I don't know in that regard, I think that it's a masterclass of music production and writing and vulnerability. And it's, it's not a question of, of legacy, but what is the best song? And so I might give it to runaway, but I really can't, fault the power behind all right um and what that means so many and just it's also just so so good and fun in general mm-hmm. uh, so i i don't know ahmad what do we do <laughs> you know i don't know i didn't have a tiebreaker for the tiebreaker <laughs> <laughs> um holy shit i don't know i i it's so hard for me to vote out did did anything I say about Runaway move a needle, or was it just, or is is, is the is the flag slowly planted and all right? So for me, like I don't know if you can see my hand. Oh, actually, they can't see my hand. Well, so for me, I had to pimp a butterfly, or sorry, all right, like here, like above uh, Runaway. But your your statements and dissection of it moved moved them equal. So I'm still now. It's like it's that's not equal. That's equal. <laughs> okay. So uh, I don't I know. Mean, listen, it's really hard for me to vote my dark twisted beautiful fantasy out of the competition. The it, fact that I, I I have that role is really tough. But um, and uh, I also. I don't, I don't know if either of these should go. That's the thing. This is so hard. So how do we do it where they both stay and take on? This is just the end of the competition. Forget the rest of the albums. This I mean, is... they really should be on. Other, if we're if we're really thinking of like the best hip hop albums, it's 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 one of the three on the left. That <laughs> yes. Are, that are still. Here. It's, it's two. It's the first two Kendricks versus uh, Kanye, uh, and then that's our competition. Pretty um, much. It's terrible that they ended up on the same conference. Man, oh man. I don't know. It's I don't know. I don't know. It's I also just don't believe that All Right is a better song. And I but that might just be my bias against not against, but my bias for Runaway, but I really don't know if I I think that, but I do think if 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 we're looking at the term best and keeping that as a quality of song, I think it's Runaway. If you're looking at best and putting everything into that. So it's influence, it's power, it's connection, including its songwriting and its production. Then it's pro it's, you know, all right is the more important song. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I think to music and to, I think it's the more important song to music as well. 
uh, as just society and the mm-hmm. and culture. But I don't know. I I I I will concede. Um, I will concede that all, all right should probably win the award, even if it doesn't get my vote. In order for this to move forward, one of them has to win. And so I think that the points that you brought up for all right probably outweigh the points I brought up for all right. What were you about to say? I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think if there is like a last-minute tie-breaking way that we can come up with to decide this that is like – more objective and that will force us to just be okay with which song wins but i don't know what that would be whoever knows more words to <laughs> whoever can do the best uh the best impression yeah the more accurate interpretation <laughs> um i don't know this is such a tough question and it's holding up your podcast i don't know what to i don't know what to do maybe i should just say it's all right you were able to vote i don't know i don't know man <laughs> I don't know. I'm like sweating. I don't like this. <laughs> yeah, this is. I'm like, where, where's Karen? Ask her. <laughs> just, <laughs> just be like, hey, quick question. All right, <laughs> run away. What's the better song? Yeah. <laughs> Here's what we'll do. We'll we'll put two treats in two bowls and see which one Penny goes to. <laughs> That'll cheese. Knowing her, she'll take them both, and yep. then we're back where we're. He has starting. to go to one of them first. Um, That's true. Um, I, I knew this would happen, and I was kind of just hoping. Okay. That... Do, you, do all right. Do you want to know what, what I think you can do? Uh-huh. I think that because you have a week until the next podcast, right? Basically. Probably yeah. It's whenever yeah yeah. I think that you can reach out because nobody has anything going on right now. Uh-huh. You can reach out to the academy members and have them vote on which song. They like the best. That and is a great idea. Have that be a consensus among your academy and see what people say. And then that will be the winner. And you can announce it. This could be a cliffhanger, which is tough because <laughs> I'll have to wait to find out. But it could be a cliffhanger. And in the beginning of the next episode, you can have me and the other guy on. And then I'll just leave when you say who won. <laughs> I'll pop on for I'm serious. I'll pop on for me. I'll go, hey, how's it going? Oh, that's a shame. Or great. And I'll go, have a good show, everybody. And I'll, See you. Yeah, I know. What do you think about that? Uh, that, is, that is a good idea, and that is that is what the Academy is for. Um, that is definitely, you know, for situations like this is why I have the Academy. Yeah. Um, it doesn't end this creates- your episode, but... Yeah. But this creates great intrigue. That's right. Yeah. Um, and I think yes. do, do our votes count in this, or are we just considering the votes outside of ours? No, I think our we're part of the we're part of the academy. I think our votes okay. count. Yeah. So right now okay. we have one for each. <laughs> right now yes, it's tied. And there's like maybe besides us, I think there's like eleven other members of the academy. So then so it's not going to be a sure <laughs> right, it won't be a tie, and, and it's they're not one, doing anything else. Anything, so they have one no question. Excuse. Just send each of them a text. <laughs> yeah, and then just tally them yourself. Yeah, yeah. Just say, hey, in the next few days, just let me know. I think that's okay. Yeah. yeah, I. And that, then I'm I'm inviting myself back on to find out the winner live, <laughs> give my reaction, 
And, and actually, then you, you could probably. So I didn't really have anyone lined up for the. I'm, there's only one episode left because at the point when you get to a final four for me for this tournament, like it's not gonna take a lot to go from those four to a championship, and there's no point in saving the championship for a separate episode. So did you have anybody gonna booked on on the for for the last one? No, it was. I was either just gonna do it myself or invite a previous guest on so this is actually be perfect so we could we could do the um the tiebreaker and then segue right into into the final four championship if you want i feel i feel honored terrific (laughs) i'm excited i was gonna say if you did have somebody on three people could be on an episode that's you know who cares um but that's great yeah I think you should do that. You should leave. The, this is this seems like it's planned now, but it wasn't planned. Leave this episode on a cliffhanger. <laughs> yeah, this, this absolutely was not planned. My hope I, yeah. is that you would just agree with me on legacy, and Pippa Butterfly will win. <laughs> well, my hope but, is that my beautiful Dressman fantasy would sweep and win the whole competition, <laughs> but it's not going to happen that way. But as a you know, as a podcast host, I I prepared the tiebreaker because I was like. This isn't going to go how I think it will. Smart. So let me have my research ready. It's smart. Um, you, you don't don't send the text out. I don't know. Is, is any is, uh, you know, people are listening to this now, but don't send text out and let them hear it. <laughs> and, mm. then, and then send like, so send the text out like in like a day or two. Yeah. Like a month. And then uh, and then ask them because I feel I think Noah's going to listen to this when you're done. OK. Uh, recording it. So that way he'll be surprised. Um Boy, oh boy. How about that? I mean, that's a pretty decent way to find out the answer, though. It's just to ask the members of the Academy. Oh, God. Okay. Okay. All right. So, (laughs) cliffhanger. I couldn't have planned this better myself. Um, As it stands, uh, in the final four, KOD by J. Cole will be going up against We Got It From Here, Thank You For Your Service by Tribe Called Quest, and Good Kid, Mad City by Kendrick has advanced and it will wait another week to find out who it will face in the final four. It will either be Kendrick versus Kanye, Good Kid in Mad City versus My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, or Kendrick staring himself in the mirror and deciding which of his first two albums, or first his second and third album, is better to Pimp a Butterfly or Good Kid in Mad City. So wow. um, in case you all didn't catch that, we went through the five categories. It was a complete tie, two to two, two to one. We went to the tiebreaker. We could not decide. Um, and so the Thinking Outside the Boombox Academy, who is the people that vote on the award show that I do every every year, um, I'm going to reach out to them with a simple question after they've read the episode or listened to the episode. Uh, Runaway versus All Right, what is the better song? They give me an answer, we tally the votes, and then next week when we have the Final Four championship episode, um, Brian will will rejoin the podcast, I'll tell him the winner, and then we'll we'll, we'll move on from there. So you're just going to have to tune in next week, um, keep your notifications closed for when the stream is going live to find out which matchup. Uh, actually happens yeah um thank you so so much brian this this turned out so like this is an incredible ending for this <laughs> for this, this i am i am so happy to help and then to not help <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be great it was my pleasure
Um, so I know you will be back uh, next week or whenever, but um, anything you want to plug? I know you are in the midst of your own tournament. Yes, we are doing a tournament at What's in the Box Office, which is a podcast I do with uh, my friend Noah, who knows nothing about the box office, and I've been following it for like 17 years. And we used to, each week, go over the box office numbers and if that was good, bad, what it means, where does your money go. Um, but we can't do that now because uh, theaters are closed because everything's awful. And so uh, before this all happened, we decided, much like I'm about to do, a uh, March Madness-type tournament to determine the best blockbuster of the past decade. So we took 32 films and we paired them against each other, and each week we've been having um, them fight against five criteria, much like Ahmad's, and uh, to determine which one. We have uh, Ahmad was just a guest on the first half of the uh, Elite Eight, and we determined uh, the final one half of the final four matchups. Tomorrow we're doing the second half, so on Monday, look for that episode. We'll have our entire Fantastic Four, uh, or sorry, Final Four Weddings and a Funeral is what we're calling it. Um, <laughs> To determine, uh, yeah, so check that out. Still in the hunt, uh, you were just on, is uh, Avengers Endgame v. Black Panther for a mm-hmm. shot at the championship. And in this next episode, Hunger Games v. Frozen and Get Out v. Black Swan. That can be found at whatsintheboxoffice.com. Our Twitter is WitBoxOffice. We're on Instagram, and my Twitter is BrianDesserver, D-A-S-U-R-B-E-R, and my Instagram is Brian Dot. So that's all the stuff. Awesome. I'm very excited to to see how the next round you also uh, might be back on two more times (laughs) yeah i am i am very very down to to get back into that as i mentioned my dream matchup in the finals is black panther versus get out and i think that's such a good possibility (laughs) (laughs) so i can't wait to to hear the next episode to see um if i can get closer to that dream yes yes (laughs) Um, you know where you can find this podcast uh, live on Twitch, twitch.tv slash thinking outside the boombox, Twitter at TOTB, the podcast. Same with Facebook. Um, Instagram uh, is my personal one, Good Kids Shy City. Shout out to Kendrick. That's where I got my username from. Um, and also want to give more credit to uh, what's in the box office and Brian and Noah's tournament because I actually got this idea from them. Um, they had been working on this for a while and i was like that is a great idea let me see if i can do the exact same thing (laughs) and so i need to come up with the criteria how things would be ranked and so he was a big part of the setup for this tournament so i want to thank him for that as well um it'll be cool to see these tournaments probably end around the same time so that'll be so yeah um yeah so shout out to brian thank you for joining Thank you to you all for listening, watching, whatever. Um, I will be back next week, hopefully with the winner. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) hopefully with the winner of this historic matchup. Um, This has been Thinking Outside the Boombox, your number one source for hip hop and R&B news. Uh, See you next week. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist-approved, so fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 